We're joined this afternoon by Myat Snyder. First off, man, how are you? And thanks for joining. I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, cool to be on a podcast and I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. And thanks for thanks to Ashley for coordinating. But Frenchie, you're up first. Yeah, so Myat, obviously you raced this past weekend in Portland and highest finishing Toyota, finished in sixth place. But I was looking at your schedule for the rest of the season, and you don't have another race for four months as of today when we're recording this. So how do you keep busy, and what what is that four months going to look like? Yeah, you know, it's like we looked at the month of October, and we're like, yeah, we'll take all of it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got another three months until I get to race again, which is fun. Um, same, Actually, about the same amount of time that I had in between Daytona, but, um, and now, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, um, spending that time off by trying to find more sponsors and training and making sure I'm ready for the next race. Um, I was actually watching a uh, replay of the Roval today. So, uh, that will be my next race and just, uh, just preparing and preparing as best I can, you know? So, uh, yeah, obviously this past weekend was pretty good. Finished, um, finished sixth place and, you know, I think we made the most out of everything that happened for sure. So, yeah, it was overall a, good, a pretty good weekend. So when you when you finish sixth and then you don't race, whether it's, you know, a month or two months or in this case, four months, is it in a way almost frustrating that you can't follow up such a, a good result, especially when you're the top finishing Toyota with, you know, a, a race, even if it's not the next race, at least a couple races later? Yeah, you know, it, it is a little frustrating, especially since they're going to another road course with Sonoma. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm uh, showing people that I can compete and I can be around and I, uh, I deserve a shot at this. So for me, that's all I can ask for right now. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I try and look at it as positively as I can. So that's how I look at it. Nice. So you mentioned that you basically signed up for the whole month of October. How did you guys end up picking your races? Was that something you guys did with your sponsor and, you know, or did you just kind of see those tracks and realize, Hey, I, you know, these are places I like and that I want to race at. Well, there's a caveat. I'm not racing Miami, but uh, every other race I have pretty much. So um, yeah, it, it was a little bit of combination of, you know, what the, what the sponsors wanted and what made sense for us. And so um Obviously, you know, picking two road courses was pretty big. Um, I feel like I've always been good at Vegas, but Vegas has not been good to me. So that'll be the next race. Um, and then Martinsville, I've had a lot of history at, and I've come close to winning there in both the Xfinity and the Truck Series. So, and as well as late model stocks as well. And so, um, and then always good to be in the championship finale and racing against when people are at their, you know, toughest level of competition all year. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit of, you know, what West Coast races can we get and what what races make sense for, you know, my skill level and, you know, places I need to work on. So that's kind of what we ended up with. So I'm going to go slightly off topic here. You know, when you have, uh, you know, a parent also working in racing, in this case, you know, your dad and Marty Snyder, I'm sure you watch him on TV plenty. Does he ever say anything on TV where you're like, Dad, why did you just say that? Uh, uh, no, actually he's, okay. he's gotten his process pretty good. However, um, there is a little piece of trivia that I have about him. Yeah. Um, there is a video on YouTube called Marty Snyder's bad day. And, um, it was from pretty early <laughs> on in his career. I think it was like 
uh, qualifying day for Daytona or something like that. And you just had about four or five driver a- drivers ask him after he asked a question, why the hell would you ask that? And so it, it's kind of funny to see that because we, we joke about it. And so it's uh, uh, obviously he hasn't had a, a day like that since then, but uh, it's still pretty funny that that exists. That is pretty funny. I, I have to go to look that up, I guess. I don't know if he's going to be happy that you told everybody this, if that's going to get a lot more views maybe now, but um, it sounds funny. So I, I wanted to ask you a bit about Treetop, your sponsor. That It's like a pretty unique sponsor, and I just wanted to know how you paired up with them. What, what was that connection that you made there? Yeah, we had a, um, a mutual connection um, that kind of, went to a new role and it happened to be a treetop and he wanted to continue our relationship. And so we just made it work. And, uh, the, the same program is still working for them. I feel like they're seeing a lot of exposure and they're enjoying being at the races. So they actually had about 30 employees at the Portland race. So, um, or excuse me, 20 employees. So it's, um, pretty cool to see them getting so much out of it. Even, you know, only a few races in, um, to the year and, uh, yeah, they just, uh, it's, uh, gl- I'm glad I got connected with them. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. So I'm going to go off of the sponsor question. First off, I did find Marty Snyder's bad day or what is it? Marty Snyder's rough day. Rough day. You picked that up real quick. (laughs) So yeah, I'm not usually that quick, but I will post it in the show notes for for everybody who wants wants to <laughs> wants evil. to check it out. Let's go with 
you've raced IMSA. You've done the Michelin Pilot Challenge. You drove for Ford there. Obviously, you've driven trucks. Is there any chance we see you, you know, pop in on anything else this year in between June seventh and uh, October seventh? I guess it depends. You know, if I uh, if I snag some more sponsorships, um, you know, my extra NASCAR activities may vary. Um, I would love to. Okay. I, I've I've had a long history of running late model stocks uh, throughout the years, and I would love to run the Valley star credit union, or it's not sponsored by them anymore, but the, uh, the big Martinsville late model stock race, that's one, yeah. that one's always been near and dear to my heart. Um, so running that, um, and generally kind of running any other late model, super late model races would be pretty big for me. Um, you know, I've looked into getting a micro sprint and running its races at Millbridge, but I don't really have money for that right now. So Maybe we'll secure some sponsors and make that happen. But uh, yeah, definitely interested in some extra NASCAR activities for sure. I love it. So what is that average day? Maybe you don't have an average day, but what does um, the pursuit of sponsors look like for you? Like, are you just kind of reaching out to companies or, you know, is it cold calling? What, what's the kind of process there? A little mix of everything. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, networking on LinkedIn. I try and i um, trying to get into do some more cold calling. Um you know, just generally do everything I can to reach every avenue for, you know, somebody who is a decision maker at a company, you know, whether they be a, a chief marketing officer, a chief operating officer, anybody that, um, you know, may make a decision on that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the good thing is that we've had really good results with all of our sponsors so far. The, the, um, the, the bad part is just getting new companies convinced to hop on board because uh, it's, uh, it's hard to get them to, you know, want, number one for people to, who haven't really heard of racing before to care about racing. And then two, to get them to convince that, Hey, this is, you know, we need to make a business case or trying to make a business case for them. It's just, uh, it's a little bit difficult. Speaking from professional experience, cold calling is exhausting. So I, <laughs> I feel your pain, but you know, from, from a sponsor standpoint, when you have a sponsor, you know, that you you've secured for six races and whatnot, you finish sixth. You have a good start to the year. Obviously, you don't, you have a couple months until you're racing again. But just getting good results. Do sponsors notice that when you start talking about you know, future years, whether you're talking 2024 or whether you're talking, hey, you know, do you want to go, you know, sprint car racing or your whatever late model racing to to fill some time in between now and then. Yeah, I think the sponsors definitely noticed the results for sure because um, I actually did a factory tour for treetop um when uh, the thursday before the race and one of the first things that i talked about them with uh or one of the first things that they mentioned to me was uh how excited they were um in their very first race to see me you know running for the lead leading 19 laps and winning a stage they were so ecstatic about that because they're just you know they're getting to see a car with their logo on it out at the front leading the race um, and then they're getting to bring employees to see, you know, see the race this year at the racetrack. And so it's just, it's huge for them to see that level of success, you know, being associated with their logo. Um, so they definitely notice the results and, uh, it's definitely makes them more apt to want to do more, more, uh, races. Do you get extra cases of <laughs> yeah. applesauce or apple juice delivered to your house after a good result? <laughs> Uh, I definitely have gotten a lot of product. I will say that. <laughs> Love it. That's good stuff. Um, 
So I, I wanted to, I guess, ask you what your, your ultimate goal, I guess, would be, is that cup racing or do you see yourself kind of, um, just like, is Xfinity the place you'd like to be? You know, some people just kind of stay in Xfinity and they end up being really good and having a whole career there or is, is cup basically what you'd see yourself trying to get into at some point. You know, I think any young NASCAR driver would be uh, lying to themselves if they said that they didn't want to go cup racing at some point in their career. So, Fair enough. you know, for me, for me, it definitely, I want to get there at some point, um, you know, to, to do it. Um, but if I, you know, end up being an Xfinity lifer or truck series lifer, I'm going to be okay with that because I'll still be, yeah. you know, racing full-time professionally in, um, on the NASCAR circuit. And that to me is, you know, was my dream growing up as a kid to be a full-time professional race car driver, especially competitively, you know, so, um, you know, definitely want to be in cup, but if I, you know, if I end up with any other series, I'll definitely still be content with that. So I wrote this down. I don't know if, if it's a, Good question or not. So if it's not, we can move past it quickly. But when Kyle Larson got hit a, a few weeks ago at this point and kind of the, the side of his car split open and people started raising questions about the safety of the, the next gen NASCAR, I'm curious for a, a driver's take on you know what happened then and if guys have kind of talked about it you know, in the in the garages at all. I think it's definitely a focus for sure. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a weird dynamic right now, right? Because, you know, obviously the cup teams used to have the power to make their cars safer and as well-built as they needed to be. Um, and now that, that power is out of their hands. And so it's in NASCAR's hands to figure it out. And, um, you know, they've done a lot of work to make the cars better. I think they've definitely worked on, you know, some of the rear clip stuff over the off season. And that's been a, a huge contribution, but you know, it's a, it's still a relatively new race car and, you know, there's going to be iterations that have to be made. And that's obviously one of them. So, and if you go back and look at that replay, there was a huge differential in speed. Like Ryan priest thought he had the wreck cleared. And so he was trying to gas up and get out of there. And obviously Larson had come back up the track and uh, created a huge differential in speed. And that's just what makes those crashes so much more violent. So it's uh, it, it's definitely a working work in process for sure. Is it one of those things, sorry, Frenchie, that where, you know, it was scary, but it's, I don't want to say one in a million, but you don't see incidents like that with that kind of speed very often. Well, I mean, you're you're talking with the guy who had a one in a million incident <laughs> last year at Daytona. So I was going to skip it, that one. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it, it, I have you know I have experience firsthand experience, so I, yeah, I guess yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. relevant. Um, but you know, it these cars are you know infinitely more safe than they were you know 10, 20 years ago. So it's um. It, it does make a difference, you know, having those big crashes happen because it helps us to be better for the next time. And I think, you know, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, both guys walked away from something like that is still pretty, pretty impressive. So I just wanted to get a sense of what it's like working with Joe Gibbs racing. Obviously they're really a powerhouse within NASCAR. And um, I mean, you've had experience obviously working with some other big teams as well, but just being within that fold and kind of, you know, Toyota's main team in NASCAR. What's it like that kind of getting that exposure and that connection with, with such an organization? It's really awesome, man. I, I put a footnote at um, my uh, 
debrief for this weekend when I was filling out my notes and I said, I wish I was working with you guys every week because, you know, they're just so professional and so buttoned up and, you know, they're, they're just calm. You know, they, they go to the racetrack, they know what they have, they know, you know, if they're off and they know what they need to improve it. And so going there with that basis of knowledge and just having such a good race car, every time you go to the track is, is really reassuring to let you know that you can do your job as a driver. So, um, yeah, it, it's really awesome. And I noticed a lot of things uh, from this past weekend that, you know, the, the JGR car did better than every other car that I've had before has done. So it was really cool to see and uh, really awesome to work with them. And I've just enjoyed every race so far. Does that make it any easier, sort of the confidence that you have in their experience? Like just being able to know that when I jump in, even if it's been three months, that I'm going to be able to run up front because I'm working with this team in particular. Yeah, for sure. It definitely gives me a lot of confidence to know that, you know, all I have to do is execute and do my job and we're going to have, you know, we're going to have a top five car and, you know, going to a place that I've had, you know, success at like Portland, uh, you know, that's huge because, you know, I, I know how to make speed there and the car is obviously fast there. So really it's just, nitpicking little things to make it you know that much faster through practice and then you know you just go out and qualify and we had a lot of speed in both practice and qualifying and it just uh you know the weekend was very very automatic you know so i have let's let's see i don't know what i want to go all right we'll go with the spotify question here so every every time we have a driver on we we add a song to our our pit lane parlay driver spotify playlist you could pick a song maybe you're digging right now or something you listened to before a race. Totally up to you, but what are you adding to the list? Uh, it's not a new song, but it's definitely one that I am for sure rocking to a ton right now, and that's Knights of Sidonia by Muse. Oh, great choice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have good taste, sir. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent that. choice. Go ahead, Frenchie. So I get, yeah, kind of getting uh, off topic a little bit. I, in doing some research on you, um, basically read in several places that you are interested in flying and getting a pilot's license. Have you sort of made any progress towards that or um, are working on that still a, a goal or a dream to, to eventually do? Yes, I actually, um, I've been doing it on and off since 2018. Um, and this year I've probably made the most progress um, in a while towards getting that license. Um, so I am to give kind of a summary. I have, um, asked my FAA written, which is, you know, the, for me was the hardest part because I'm not a great test taker. So, um, <clears throat> that was, uh, that was kind of a big milestone for me. I've also kind of finished up my long distance cross country flights, which is, you know, most people think, oh my gosh, cross country. Wait, are you flying to California? No, I'm not flying to California. I have to fly 150 miles, and that's kind of the the big the big uh, you know check mark that you have to do before you can really start taking your test. So it's um yeah, I I'm about one flight away from having all of my you know boxes checked and being able to take the uh, check ride, which is basically the big uh, test flight that you have to do. Um, to get your license. So yeah, I'm very close to getting it and uh, looking forward to hopefully flying myself to a few races once I get that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty epic. My last question, 
this is just like a Portland observation question, not about Xfinity or IndyCar or whoever goes there. But every time I go to Portland, it's like from a facility standpoint is like the most depressing racetrack. You know, the, the media center looks like it's going to like blow over with a gust of wind and it, it could use a refresh. I don't know if like, what do you think of Portland, you know, a as a track and B just kind of, you know, exploring around the track when you, when you have a little bit of downtime, you know, from a pure racetrack perspective, I think it's phenomenal. Like I think it's got a good mix of flowing corners, um, you know, good setup stuff, a little bit of technical stuff, not quite as technical as the Roval. Um, but from a pure racetrack standpoint, it, the track is awesome. Now you are correct in that it does need some work on the, um, like there is zero stealth signal at the racetrack. It was all yeah. I could do yeah. on Saturday, you know, before the race to get one picture uploaded to all my socials, uh, before race time. Uh, cause I had, you know, meet and greets and sure. all this other stuff that I had to take care of. And so by the time it, it took me probably 30 minutes to download one picture successfully. So that was a fun time. Um, so yeah, cell signal for sure. I think they could probably have a better plan for traffic, but it's a little bit difficult since all the roads are already built. Um, but, uh, you know, it has potential for sure. And I think it's going to take a while to kind of get it to the point where it's at its full potential. So, you know, where like a cup race, but I think it's, I think it's possible. It just has to, a lot of things have to go right, you know? Right. Fair enough. Well, that's all we have. Sir, thank you very much for joining. It's been a lot of fun. Good luck the rest of this year. We'll definitely be following along, and, and hopefully we see you at a track soon. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.